up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Meeting of Podcast. I am Ace. It's RV3. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite film director, directors and the deeper meaning within their films. And once again, we are joined by a guest. Please welcome Mr. Alex Marasona. Hey. Marasonia. Marasonia, don't forget that. Hey. Thank you for having me on. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, I'm man. At, as I was saying before, I'm at the big boys table now. Big hey. boys table. After You're, being in the booth. Yeah. From, Collider, from Live. Collider, Collider Live. Live. Yeah. Collider Live's very own. <laughs> yeah. Alex Marasonia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm very happy Hey, man. I, I, the few times I've tuned into Collider Live. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've always <laughs> said. Yeah. What he said, he never watches Collider Live. That's <laughs> um, I always see you in the booth, and I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm like, this yeah. guy is—he's—he's he's young, he's youthful, he has energy, he has thoughts and opinions. He actually watches a lot of movies. Yeah, I mean, you we watch need so a, many movies. Man. We gotta get—we gotta get people on the mic that know their stuff, man. And you know your yeah. stuff, so I'm excited. I'm genuinely happy to have you on. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. So you chose a director. We usually allow our guests to choose a director, and mm -hmm. you chose a director that is on the come up, uh, oh, to yeah. say the least, yeah, especially coming off all, all those Oscar nominations. Unfortunately, only one win, but mm -hmm. still a ton of nominations, and that is Yorgos Lantimos, the Greek legend the greek freak, the greek freak. Um, <laughs> the greek freak. i mean it's considering his movies he's definitely a freaky dude man yeah. uh because when you go uh in preparation for this episode you go kind of like on a binge of these directors uh, yeah. aronofsky really just like it kind of affects you like mentally <laughs> like emotionally aronofsky hurt me yeah, i was, felt that, like, that was like our first time. Like, i was super rough, i feel like man. i couldn't communicate yeah. with humans anymore <laughs> it was especially because it was our first episode so we felt oh like God. we had to watch everything we had we watched like he has like 10 movies right yeah. we watched all 10 Jesus. and i was like what is life what is this purpose what is humanity and i was go i was just gone dude oh, so man. this one hurt me too though a little bit it a hurt bit. me because I, I was talking to my 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 roommates and i couldn't form sentences because <laughs> he just disturbed me so much so mm. obviously we're going to get into that and we're going to get into a little bit of, of my controversial takes on certain movies mm. but uh, all right. um we, we'll see uh, once again guys last week we we always appreciate your comments on the youtube channel obviously if you're listening to us on soundcloud let us know what you think of that if you're yes. listening to us on collider factory on the itunes feed go over to our youtube channel it's and called Spotify. first cut and you can yeah or spotify you can go over to youtube channel first cut and let us know in the comment section down below what you think of this episode what you think of our guests what you think of our conversation and about yorgos latimos yes and his movies in general so yeah. we we appreciate those comments and i know last week we had a few of those um most we talked about avatar the last airbender just because we kind of do it in the past i kind of uh, want to bring back it, to yeah comments okay that's, let's let's that's good man that's let's, a good time at least, at least to it's give a few um appropriate um Shout outs to a few people who left comments on the Avatar The Last Airbender episode where we have Miss Wendy Lee joined yeah. us. Wendy. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun, man. So let's read this comment from Malk2392 says the Legend of Korra was great by any standard, but the standard set by the original. Uh but the standard set by the original. The first is almost like a 10, while Korra is a solid eight. Sure, I appreciate that. I don't know if you I've have any Korra. thoughts on Avatar: The Last Airbender. I haven't Korra. seen any of them. Dang. I know. Come on, guys. Last <laughs> uh, Airbender is dope. And then Edmund Zippo says, "Great episode, guys. Very happy to see Wendy on camera. On camera, it makes me want to go back and rewatch the show and get, and get into Korra because I stopped watching after two seasons." Yes, Edmund. 
go back and watch Korra. I really highly recommend the show. I know a lot of people fell yeah. off. I know a lot of people were disappointed with season two, but uh, trust me, it, it goes into deeper places that is absolutely amazing. Cora just had a birthday too, right? Cora, my dog had a birthday hey. uh, yesterday. Happy and, birthday. and I saw, bro, I got thoughts. Yeah, I thoughts. saw the movie at the same time I saw The Lobster. <laughs> and I, I just got to say, man, I'm coming in hot with the hot oh takes <laughs> about Mr. Yorgos and his weird fascination <laughs> with animal abuse. <laughs> and I'm a big animal lover. <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, I mean, hey, Ace is gonna get, get, we always get go in chronological time. order, so I'm not going to break the, the norm. But uh, I obviously, Yorgos Latimos is um, well, a great also, filmmaker. Before, before we leave the comments, I want to say salute to my boy, Steven Alvarez. He left a comment this week, too. Uh, he was a day one supporter, day one hey. supporter. He was my roommate back when I was at CSUN. Hey. Uh, nice. And then he uh, actually left the first, the highest comment on the first day I joined Schmoes. And he had like the most likes because he was saying like congratulations, you know what I mean? Oh, so that's awesome. uh, thank salute to Steven Alvarez. Sorry to interrupt. Hey, all good. Uh, let's start out with his first feature film listed on his IMDb, and that is 2001's My Best Friend. Uh, yeah, I mean Alex, we look to you as the Yorgos expert. Oh gosh, Tell I only started about on Dogtooth. My best friend. Right, <laughs> right. You know nothing about it. It's probably about uh, his best friend. Yeah. Just uh. I don't know. I think I think honestly, these his movie, his filmography really kicks I off. Couldn't, dog, yeah, I couldn't really too. find that. Yeah, these these movies. I mean, my best friend is this Ken 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 Kenaneta. Uh, mm-hmm. I I saw like IMDb. I also include that one in the video. I couldn't find either of these. Like, it was hard anywhere. enough to find Dogtooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, uh, so for all the fans of my best friend and Kenetta, <laughs> we're so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Aaron. We were, we're doing so our best. Sorry. I saw IMDb had the Kenetta thing in like their little director's trademark video of him, but. I looked on Amazon, Netflix, I got Canopy, I did everything, man, I couldn't find it. Uh, in 2009, we have Dogtooth. Yes. Yeah. It is a, not a long movie, it is kind of a thriller. Tell us about this movie, Mr. Alex. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this movie? And, and, and kind of before we do that, I, I can't believe I haven't done this, your general thoughts on, on why you chose Yorgos Latimos, and, and kind of your general thoughts on him as a director, and... and any thoughts on that? I don't know if you, are you are you aspiring to be a filmmaker as well? Or? Um, not necessarily. Okay. I like just like uh, I well, I kind of wanted to be an actor before. Sure. Um, I still kind of want to. Very talented musician, though. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, music is my number one uh, goal, and uh, the main reason why I wanted to choose uh, wanted to talk about him is just because I think at, when we were originally talking about uh, which director to do back in November. Uh, the favorite was coming out at that time, yeah. and so I was like super hyped on it. Um, and now we're finally here, and we're doing it. Yeah, I just loved like he. One of the main things I I was first I first saw the Lobster in theaters back in 2016, mm-hmm. and I just loved how freaking insane it got, and yeah. just um, how he just drops you into this world and expects you to catch up. And I noticed that he does that a lot, mm-hmm. except for the favorite. Obviously, it's just kind of. Yeah. That's his most normal movie. Yeah, it's most accessible. Yeah, definitely. So, great. Yeah, awesome. that's why I like him. Uh, let me know a little bit about Dogtooth. Uh, just general thoughts on the movie and and your initial thoughts when you first saw it. Yeah, so I watched this uh, and it was. Uh, it took a while to get uh, into, as most of his movies. <laughs> right, right. right, uh, right. They start off slow, as I said. Like they just drop you into it mm-hmm. and uh, with like kind of no context and you just find things out later. And right. I think that's a really effective um, storytelling device just because it's like, 
um, just jump in the deep end and here we are. Right. Um, yeah, so basically there's uh, three kids uh, who have not seen the outside mm-hmm. world and their father, their parents are sheltering them. It seems like it's for like a scientific... It seems some, they imply like, they imply it's they like imply experimentation. Yeah. yeah. And throughout the movie, they the parents, uh, their whole like the curtain starts to fall. Yeah, um, the illusion right starts now, to break. No, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I and, guess the curtain. Um, yeah, that's. I think the curtain's yeah. a good analogy. And basically, things go crazy from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I This is the movie. I, I also literally saw this movie this morning too. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Literally, it's it's a story about like like you know those those kids that they I don't know if there was a documentary that came out pretty recently I think it was called the the wolf pack it was a documentary about yeah, those kids that are like locked trapped. in yeah, yeah they're trapped in their in their parents' apartment for like yeah. super super long time there's also another another case of that but I think with Yargos's like weird like kind of quirky sens- sensibility he makes it a lot more of an of an extreme example of like what can happen mm-hmm. when people are like isolated for that long um what what do you think of this movie though, Alex? I mean, I I personally I really dug it, but yeah, know. I liked it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just super weird and just anything that like makes me because I I try to have no expectations going in, mm-hmm. and if um uh or at least minimal expectations, and if I'm completely in a different place than I was at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> like mm-hmm. mentally, then I think that's a success. Right. Uh, from the script, the director, and just overall, so. Yeah, I feel like Yorgos, uh, obviously, he has certain elements that are featured in every single one of his films. Mm-hmm. Part of that is, is uh, like like RB3 just said, the word quirky is used a lot, but that's kind of the best word to describe it. The quirky, but also the dark, like he deals with dark humor is, is the best mm-hmm. way to describe it, the dark, quirky humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the same time, Yorgos always has something to say as far as right. on yeah. a thematic scale. And that's kind of what we do on The Meaning Of. We, I mean, that's called The Meaning Of because we mm. try to figure out thematically the kind of stuff that he wants to talk about. What do you yeah. think that is for Dogtooth? Uh, I think, well, in general, it's like a, he his um, dialogue with and human interaction is just so, like, truncated. Mm-hmm. Um, um and in Dogtooth, there's a lot of examples with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that conversation with the boss, and um, they're just talking about um, which option for the like this product. Right. And then all of a sudden, they're talking about the wife, and then right away, they're going back to the manual thing. Mm-hmm. I just like it. He's trying to get to the like um, the very base level of human interaction, mm-hmm. and very just kind of break it down in a. Like, hey, this is how we actually talk, and yeah, yeah, no, I'm it's just, you know, you, yeah, it's he, 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 it's like it's kind of like it's kind of like it's it's intended to be like natural, like it's it's, it's intended to be like how people realistically talk, but it's delivered in such like an awkward and very like mm-hmm. and very like stoic way that it just it's very hard to read. Um, yeah, this this movie's crazy. I mean, it, it was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Foreign Film the year it came out. Um, and uh, or the year it was, I guess, released in theaters uh, in the United States in 2011, or was nominated in 2000. It came out in 2010 in the United States and was nominated in 2011 Oscars. Um, the whole analogy is supposed to be like, and they explain it halfway through the movie, which 
I think it's very like like you said, like half like you don't really understand what's going on until way later. Like halfway through the movie, they use the metaphor of like, oh, kids don't leave the house until your dog tooth falls out, and how that's like you know in real life that's a lie. You don't really have a dog tooth, but this movie extends that metaphor into making it like an actual concept. Um, and I think I think it deals with a lot. I think it's about you know kind of the fear of being 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 a parent to some extent. I know. Uh, I, I think that you know a lot of this movie deals with how overprotective parents can be, how overprotective, like the you know, ho- like literally holding their people, their kids hostage, um, and how that kind of affects like these teenagers. I mean, these teenagers, these these are, they're like kids basically, and they have like such arrested development. Um, they have like such you know, every single one of them are do very childish things. They all like play with like toys. Mm-hmm. They have like one toy. They have like a they, they have the like, hair. Right, right, right. Exactly. The headband. Right, the headband. But then it's yeah. But then things like that. When see the whole the whole the whole thing of the movie is that the 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 there's two girls and a boy, mm-hmm. and the and but for the boy, um, the father of the household brings in like this outside girl to like come in and like sleep with him basically. Um, but then uh, she the, being the outside force that comes into the house, everybody's like, oh, we really like seeing her. Yeah. Like when she comes over for just like literally a couple hours, but then. She begins to like get sexually frustrated with this dude, so she starts experimenting with the other daughter, and bribing. You're right, 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 and it just becomes a whole like cycle, whole thing. So it's also about like the coming of age of like sexuality, which I think sexuality is by no means a, a run a, a running theme throughout <laughs> yeah, all of his movies. It is for yeah. sure, and I think this really this really establishes, especially the way the sex the sex scenes are shot. It's very staccato, like. Mm-hmm. Very like matter of fact. Yeah, like. <laughs> there's like a process of taking off. He shows the whole process of taking off the clothes. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna like mount you now. Right. It's right, like right, yeah, right, it's very right. particular. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a a thing that stands out in all his movies. All, all his movies sort of deal with, like you said, human interaction mm-hmm. and human social skills, right? I mean, obviously that the lobster stands out to me. Right. The favorite stands out to me when it comes to the killing of a sacred deer. Yeah. Just as he's known for his very particular dialogue, mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys feel like what stands out and what makes it so interesting and fascinating to people? Um, well, I think I saw an interview of him once. He said he said he doesn't really try to make it like that. I mean, he says he like shoots the scene and the actors just say it how... Really? Because yeah. I saw another interview where hmm. Colin Farrell said he read the script and he said the dialogue was clearly weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he I'm, could feel like he said the word off center, which I felt like was such a great way to nail it. Right, where right. He's like right, not. Right. He's like not too far to the right, not too far to the like, just off center. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His dialogue. Huh. I mean, well, I think I'm sure. I think yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I think I think reading being an actor reading the dialogue on. Um, page it's going to be off center yeah. so you're going to perform it more off center yeah. as you you know do the yeah. performance and i think i mean he's i think i think that's what largos was referring to like his his actors just bring the awkwardness to it more mm-hmm. or less you know and they kind of sure, they kind of know what movie they're in right 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 and they know who he is as a director yeah. i'm sure i mean and you know obviously when you work with somebody on set a lot of times the vibe of the set often translates on screen too they probably have, I mean, probably on set intentionally, it probably is a more like awkward, mm-hmm. like kind of kind of thing, you know, which I think really adds to um, the appeal of his movies. And the appeal to to nail down certain actors, that's uh, to me, that's always the most fascinating. I mean, because I'm, I'm a 
broad picture kind of guy. Mm. So I don't necessarily just look at the movie. I look at like why someone like a Colin Farrell wants to keep working yeah. with with Yorgos Latimos or why someone like Olivia Coleman, uh, who also makes appearances or Rachel Wise, who mm-hmm. I, I think is, I think Rachel Wise is one of the greatest actresses working right now. I Definitely. think she's so underrated. I think she's incredible. Uh, and why someone like her wants to work with someone like a Yorgos Latimos, mm-hmm. especially someone like, who obviously is foreign, doesn't really have a huge recognition, maybe besides the startup with Dogtooth, but mm. not a director that is absolutely um, pulling in actors. It just it's It's a natural progression of actors wanting to work with him. Mm-hmm. You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's like they go out of the way to work with Yorgos because of his interaction with his actors and the performances he gets out of them. Mm-hmm. Considering the fact, this all leads to a point, how Coleman literally just won the Oscar yeah. <laughs> based off Yorgos' directing yeah. style towards his actors. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's a continuing point in all his movies is the performances are right. amazing. Um, have you guys seen The Alps or Alps? I did watch it. Okay, great. Uh, it was just kind of uh, background. Uh, sure. But it's basically about um, this nurse who's part of a uh, kind of group who they, um, whenever someone dies, like uh, they offer their services to a family to basically play that person who died for them so the family can relive their favorite memories and make the grieving process easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, and um, yeah, so the. The older sister in Dogtooth plays the nurse, mm. um, the one that looks like Ashley Victoria Robinson. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Uh, no, I didn't catch that. Didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah, no. she look, She totally looked like it, like her to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and she um, kind of she's not allowed to get this one girl or to portray this one girl for this family, and so she does it on her own. Gets kicked out of the of the um, of the group, and. Um. Yeah, it just uh goes crazier from there. Yeah, because sure. she she wants to. She's so like um shit. What am I trying to say? She's so focused on trying to uh be part of something. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's. I think that's the running theme throughout a lot of uh Yorgos's movie is about the the constraints that society puts on somebody and how characters like are trying to escape from that. Um, I think that's very present all throughout Dogtooth, even leading up into the conclusion, I think is very present and uh, in this movie, of course. I mean, you know, and, and you know, this is a rule. I mean, I have the rules pulled up here. There's like 15 rules they establish about this organization. They're called the Alps. Like, that's mm-hmm. what the group is. Mm-hmm. And they have all of these different different pieces, you know, checklists. But it's, it's basically like basic societal rules. Like, But, you know, it's, it's the same way as in Dogtooth where, the house is like a metaphor for the overall constraint of the world and how that constraint can lead us to go crazy. This movie is about how the constraints of the world kind of put us in these like, like in, in search in search of this main character looking for um, an escape from um, reality to join a group, how the constraints of being in a group and being in, in that is, is, is so devastating that you just want to escape, that you want to rebel. And I think that's something that also mm-hmm. is very present throughout the lobster as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I take from this movie. I didn't get to finish it all the way. Um, but, it, you know, it's, a lot of people don't have this as highly ranked on their Yargos uh, on list. their yeah, list. Do you think do you think this is one of your favorites or one of your... No, nah, it wasn't as weird for me. Yeah. Like, mm. it's, it seems like it was in a normal world. 
It's just right. that the people, it was just a, the people were weird. Mm-hmm. Not the world, essentially. Sure. Right, right, yeah. right. Speaking of weird, The Lobster. The uh, yeah. movie that's currently on Netflix and mm. that I just saw. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. First time seeing it? It, it was my first time gotcha. seeing it, yeah. Um, most of these are, are, besides The Favorite, I didn't mm-hmm. see in theaters. The Favorite, I did see in theaters. I went out of my way to go see that. Uh, did you see it again for this? Um, no. No? Okay. I, I mean, it was recent, though, man. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I don't even think, well, yeah. I, don't, I was going to say, like, how'd you... I was gonna say like how did you? Because I didn't, I didn't. Is it on like for renting think, or? I think you can buy it. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can't, I can't afford to buy anything. Exactly. Right <laughs> yeah, no I way. can rent, I can't buy, you know. But uh, but yeah, this is a movie that made waves for sure when it comes to Yorgos. If anything, this is a movie that kind of put his name on the map when yeah. it comes to more American, America, yeah, a, a general movie going audience or American audience. Mm-hmm. And it starts Colin Farrell, and yeah. let me try to set up the world. But essentially, the world is. Everyone has to be in couples. They have to be in a relationship. Yep. And if they're not, they're sent to this hotel where they're trying to find their mate. And if they don't find their mate in 44 days or something like that. 45, yeah. 45 days, mm-hmm. they get turned into an animal for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, you can extend your days at the hotel by killing loners, loners is what they call them, mm-hmm. that live out in the woods. Mm-hmm. That's... I, ironically right next to the hotel for some reason that <laughs> took me out of the movie but we'll talk about that and the more loners you kill the more days you're extended mm-hmm. um, so most of the time it's people trying to find a relationship enforcing relationships and people at the same time trying to figure out what kind of animal they want to be it's a weird obviously it's very weird it's a very odd concept right. and it starts out with a voiceover by Rachel Weisz um, that immediately kind of puts you inside the world because she's like we just talked about dialogue. Staccato, she talks like, so weird mm-hmm. and she's monotone. The, monotone. The, the, what, he told me that the, he found it in a hotel mm-hmm. and he stayed there for two days. Like yeah. she talks very odd, yeah. which I love stands that, out. Though. I love it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm immediately like I'm in. I love Rachel Wise. <laughs> just hearing her voice, I'm like yes, <laughs> I believe. Um, but this, yeah. I just kind of want to hear overall takes. Obviously, we can talk about specific moments since I just saw this movie. But overall takes on this movie, most people love it. Is that you, Alex? Yeah, you love I it? love it. It's okay. f- I watched it the other night. I rewatched it. Mm. It's freaking hilarious. Mm. I thought it would, like there are so many good one-liners that mm. only can work in this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the the story. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. The world they build. Mm-hmm. The acting, of course, is great. Mm-hmm. And um yeah the the last scene also that i really love that right. just the ambiguous ambiguous that's that's a that's a trademark i feel like through all of his films oh yeah ambiguous ending. Mm. uh something we we haven't touched on yet um yeah i personally i personally really dig this movie man um when i first saw it i've always you know i've always been disappointed you know the first half to me is comparatively comparatively better than the second half of this mm-hmm. movie for me it becomes it switches in a very like in a very weird interesting way but uh, I mean, re, re, re looking and reevaluating at this movie again, you know, for the sake of this podcast, uh, I actually really uh, came away with some really. Uh, I really, I really thought it was some really dope stuff that they were saying in this movie. Uh, I thought it was very particular in its message, and I think it was. Um, I think it was dope. Let's do it. Let's let's get right into what are the major themes in this movie. What does this movie talk about? What is it an analogy for? Right. I mean, I think it's an analogy for a lot of things. I mean, I think mm. first obviously relationships, right? Yeah, relationships. Mm. The lo- the construct of love the, is mm. love actually con- a construct or is it a force manipulative thing that society again? It's the whole like, idea. Do you need society. society making mm-hmm. you 
choose love. Yeah. And particularly in this society, they're only making you choose two kinds of love, heterosexual or, and homosexual yeah. love, mm. uh, which I think speaks to the broader analogy of it being a very uh, pro-LGBTQ plus type of film because it mm-hmm. does give it, it, it explores in what it means to, you know, be be something other than what society tells you you have to be. Right. Being something yeah. that, bre- breaking the mold, breaking, you know, and like, you know, like he he asked in the very beginning, what is it like to be, like, why can't I be bisexual? But they say, like, they give you, like, There's the most problems. dumb reasons. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, I, I kind of figured out, I, I personally yeah. figured out why they said no to that. Mm-hmm. It's because, I mean, why he wants to and why they say no to it. It's because you have more options. Oh, yeah. okay, interesting. So they want to limit. They want to limit. So think about it. Like, like make more animals. what's his face? John C. Riley was mm-hmm. trying really hard with some other people, and but if you have both options, yeah, you can just be like, hey, what's yeah. up, dude? Yeah. Oh, he didn't. Oh, hey, what's up, girl? Like, you have more options, right? Which is an easier escape out of the hotel. Right, right, right. I, right. I immediately like. It took me a minute because huh, I was like, yeah. why did they say you can't be by? And then I was like, oh, if you have both options, yeah. then it's easier to. Kind of to pick cheat whoever, out. yeah, yeah right. kind of take a cheat or well, a cheap way out. Yeah, you can also read it to some extent of being a metaphor for asexuality too. Sure. You know, like being somebody who's doesn't have any particular sexual interest in mm. uh, any particular gender, or somebody who I think Colin Farrell. I mean, my personal reading of the film, I think Colin Farrell might actually be uh, asexual, but there's a subsection of being asexual called pan panromantic, right, where you can mm. still feel romantic love, but not be sexually interested. I mean, I don't feel like, I mean, at the end, I guess he has a thing for for Rachel Wise, mm-hmm. but he never presents himself as like a sexually active like character or being throughout this film. So I don't know. I have, I, I don't know. But what do, you, what, do you, what do you take from this movie, Alex? Like yeah. from a deeper meaning kind of standpoint? Um, yeah, I just thought it was like, it's a great um, metaphor for like how the society like forces love upon, mm-hmm. like you have to love and, be loved and him escaping from the hotel is just like hey like i'm okay with like letting love find me mm-hmm. um but yeah i just um uh, yeah i thought it was a but great movie the, the one thing that kept coming up in my mind was the fact that if, if rachel wise walked into that hotel when he walked in game over they would they would well, have hooked the, up they didn't have the same when characteristic they're... though right no i'm i yes they do when they they're first both short-sighted uh, I'm saying at the very beginning, if he uh, walked in his first day and he sees Rachel Wise and they have that instant connection of like, like romantic love and right away, it's it's a, it's a matter of circumstance. Yeah. Where it's like if you know she was just 45 days too late, which happens to be the time when he needed yeah. to find her. Whereas like if if happened circumstance would have happened if if she happened to be at the hotel at the same time he was, they would have right. And everything would have been perfect. And, and that's like that's like life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, really? I think. I think you don't think they had that instant chemistry connection. I don't think. I, don't I think, think they did. I think this movie kind of denies that that thing that instant chemistry even exists. You know. I think this movie. We don't. We don't find out though. It's ambiguous. I mean, yeah, it's ambiguous. <laughs> it's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. But you I mean, don't know, man. Poke them eyes out, bro. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, is is just being just. Ha- I, I think the movie is asking the question of. If it is is love an actual thing? Is the idea of like this, the chemistry in our brain, like actual like thing, or is it actual concept, or is it something that society keeps impressing upon us? Sure. And I don't. I think the movie just says very clearly that love really doesn't exist. Like okay. <laughs> that's what I think the movie says. You know. Uh, so I think I think in in the whole like idea of them not matching up at the same time, I think it just further 
extends that metaphor hmm. of like it's just a it's just a social thing, you know. Hmm. It maybe isn't a love at first sight. Interesting, um, but I don't know. That's just what I take yeah. from. But what, Alex, what do you take from him wanting to be a lobster? Like, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think oh, that God. like? <laughs> that, that's a whole like another I, conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, yeah. it's like lobsters are, um, what like they're bottom feeders. I, th- I believe mm-hmm. they're like um, they used to be like fed to like British pri- like uh, Australian British prisoners back in the day Damn. because they were like viewed as like the worst of the worst mm. and now it's weird how they're like um they're kind of delicacies mm. and for like rich people or just mm. in general mm. um i don't really know how if that plays into it or well, i'm trying to think. when he when he gave his reasoning he said and immediately when he said it i was like you're crazy mm-hmm. he's like the lobster can live like 112 years and i was like why would yeah. you want to live 112 years yeah. as a lobster <laughs> <laughs> that's immediately my first shorter, thought yeah. Like, yeah. i would want to die right yeah. away <laughs> kill me nah, please you want to want to live to 112 bro not as a lobster <laughs> like imagine your conscious like i kept thinking because i'm a nerd right so right. i think of sci-fi i think of black mirror yeah and black right. mirror always has those episodes of like your consciousness is stuck inside someone else's body or something it's just awful like that that experience of like not being in control or being limited in control where all you can do is is this and swim around i was like nah i'm good um but it, it brings up a, a kind of a fun point as far as like what what animal would you choose if you had to choose to be an animal for the rest of your life uh-huh. until you die and i want to ask you guys, uh, what animal would you choose? I, I don't know. Oh, shit. I'm gonna start with the uh, with you, Alex. What animal would you choose? Um, my favorite animals are koalas, so I guess Ooh. I gotta go with koalas. Mm. They sleep just because the they're yeah, yeah. They're just chilling good, and they one. can get pretty fierce. Yeah, uh, but people don't have hostility towards them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're just cuddly and cute. Mm. How about you, man? I feel that, man. I, I think dolphins. I like dolphins. Dolphins. You know what I mean? dolphins. That's yeah, they're pretty oh. smart. They apparently they're, smart. they're apparently yeah. like super smart. So yeah. I just want to see what a dolphin. It'll be like, you know, Dang. you know what I kept thinking throughout the whole process was the fact that it's like it, it, and it was never really clear. Uh, it was kind of clear. But it, it, once you become an animal, what they do with you, do they transfer you to your environment? Do they keep you like around the area? That that well, to me was confusing because we see the homegirl turn into a little pony, the mini pony, which I thought was like, who mm-hmm. wants to be a mini pony? Um, His brother's and, a dog. and then we see her yeah. in the background. And and in the middle of the woods, I don't know if you guys caught that. I didn't catch that. Yeah, she's in the Uh, she's in the background, and she's just roaming around. And I don't know if it's just because they just kind of were like, "Hey, go shoo!" Yeah. Or like they literally put her in a cage and say, "Okay, we're gonna take you to Little Pony Land," and they take her. Because if that's the case, it'd be like, yeah, I'll be a little pony in Little Pony Land, but I won't be a little pony in the middle of the woods. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because in the opening scene, they have the the woman driving out to a field with. Uh, to kill a horse that is yeah like, a donkey the, yeah oh yeah a donkey was with other because you assume they kind. so when so I saw that like, scene I, I assume they they put you in your environment yeah but then when I saw that yeah. I was like that's confusing and then we see a random camel in the background yeah. so it's like they made it seem though. like they were Peacock. just like shoo have fun and it's like I don't, at least put me in the middle of the desert where yeah. camels are right. so that process kind of thought me but when she was like everyone chooses dogs because everyone wants to be a dog and i'm like i look he kind of want to be a dog mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. but then probably... at the same time i was like if i could be in my environment i'd be a lion dude <laughs> you can yeah. just you don't do shit yeah. as a lion it's lions 
you can't. Everyone is like intimidated by you. Yeah. You just lay around all day. <laughs> like we have to catch you on food, man. Not to, really. Yeah, they, no, my yeah. my wife is gonna do it, bro. I'm a loner lion. Oh man, look at this. <laughs> so dude. I gotta catch my own food. Okay. Yeah, 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 they no, just bring man. the food to me, bro. Nah, kind of like the like rabbits that. bringing it to Rachel. I think I think it works the exact opposite. Actually, I know. I think the men get the food. I know. But I was thinking like I'll be a lion or I'll be a bird because at least I can change my environment. I can fly away. Yeah. So I mean. If you're like a bird, you want to fly away. Yeah, you don't exactly. know your. You shit wherever you want to shit. Yeah, yeah no reason to On top of people. Yeah, and if if they want to kill me, I could be like, I'm a fly away, bro. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Unlike uh, you're the birds in the favor. This is kind oh, of yeah. the whole movie. Kind of, it's a it's basically like an apocalypse in my opinion, as far as how horrifying that is. Yeah, <laughs> the concept of having your consciousness inside an animal. Um, Some people want it though. I mean, we no, saw being John Malkovich. That's a whole movie about people wanting to be. Inside That's somebody just, else, you know? It's just disturbing to me. I mean, again, <laughs> I, it depends on your environment. But the whole thing is people in this movie are are going out of their way or being essentially they're evil because they just don't want to be an animal. They'd rather yeah. live out in the woods and run away for the rest of their lives than to be an animal. That's the whole time I was thinking. it. It's like that's how bad and awful it is to, like, be an animal the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, they're like, no, I'm just going to run my whole life. Yeah, um, I, I fucks with a movie that the message, the central message, is that it's okay to be single. I like that. I like that <laughs> as a message for a definitely. movie. Yeah, that, 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 that's kind of the the whole ironic situation, right? Where it's like the the people that are being hunted are the single people. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, right, right. But even the single people have their own rules as far as like you can't, you can't have to stay anything. single. Yeah, you can't hook up with anyone, which right. I thought was that's torture as well. Um, I gotta be honest, guys. I might be the most negative on this movie. Uh, I don't know if I like this. Was it the dog? Did you like the dog? You know what it is, bro? It's the dog. Yeah, yeah, that was. I have a line. I have a camera, bro. I have a line. I really do, and I'm I'm very open. I love dark humor. I'm cool with decapitations, with torture, with gore. Like, trust me, bro. I. And very thumbs up on killing, <laughs> on murder, all this <laughs> stuff that I see in movies. Some in movies, movies, in movies. Dark, yeah. in movies, in movies. And in real life. And in real, sometimes in real life, you know. Uh, and I'm very cool with, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm not a guy who's like, oh my. No, I'm not. I'm just yeah. very much like, yeah, he got decapitated and he got, like, cool, yeah. good. Um, but this, I just, I draw a line at, at, at animal abuse. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. And it's just like, and I know it was played for laughs. That scene, yeah. but I, it, maybe it's cause, just because it was my dog's birthday that day. Uh, and yeah, I, I was yeah. just thinking of her the whole day. Circumstances, yeah, and, and I was just like, you know what? Uh, F this movie. Yeah, I'm good. I don't care what statement you want to make. Do you think uh, if you torture a dog, I'm good, bro? Do you I'm think good. if they had, I, and I know that that's that's such a limited point of view for for most people, like cinephiles, like you, and like all of us, we're all cinephiles. Yeah, I and I sound like a grandma coming out of like Wisconsin. <laughs> Oh no! They <laughs> kill that dog. Like it sounds like I'm yeah. being like such a cheesy dude, but honestly, I do. And, it, and then the whole time I was thinking about like, what is Yorgos's deal with like animal abuse, bro? <laughs> well, I mean, dog tooth. They killed a cat. Dog, dog tooth. tooth they yeah. killed a cat. Yeah. The favorite. They have like weird scenes. And the it, rabbit. It, the rabbits. And then I kept thinking about like that interview I saw with I, I see the Hollywood Reporter roundtable interviews. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys see that. But they had one with his producer. And apparently Yorgos was very that that scene of like the ducks running around was not gonna be like a duck chasing like a duck race. It was gonna be like a human cockfighting scene. And he wanted human cockfighting. Holy He's shit. like, I wanna see chickens get the blood and shit ripped out of them. And then oh the right and the producer was like, Yorgos, <laughs> that's not legal. Yeah. This is illegal. And then the whole time I saw this movie and I'm like, yo, he low key. Yeah. He's 
kind of something effed, off. I don't yeah. want to say F-bombs, but he's kind of effed up in the head yeah. if you're that particular about torturing animals in movies. Do you think you... Am I the only one who feels... Come no, on, guys. No, no, I, no, I, no, I get no. it now that you're pointing it, that. But, yeah. And after that interview, because I didn't see... Think about it. I didn't see the lobster until... And I saw the favorite first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I saw the interview of the producer saying that he basi- she basically had to like plead with him to not... Like, it's illegal. You can't put human cockfighting in a movie. And then I saw... So I was like, that's kind of weird, but whatever. You know, maybe he just yeah. wanted human cock... And then I see this, and I'm like... <laughs> He just likes abusing. I don't know. No, I don't. He I likes don't, abusing animals. I, I yeah. really do. That's just my personal feelings, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, Not for you. Well, who, well, fights, who fights that hard for human cockfighting after they tell you it's illegal? Like, like just regular like chickens fighting each other? He wanted actual chickens fighting and ripping each other. Oh, my God. Now, what I will I'm say. I'm sorry. I just took a dark turn. <laughs> this podcast just went off the roof, but I had to make my statement. I love animals and any kind yeah. of animal abuse, even if it's. Played for laughs or played as a joke. I just do not. I cannot tolerate. I'm sorry. Oh, definitely. Listen, I'm sorry. Yeah. Here's what. Here's what I'll say. I from. sucked all the energy out of this room. No, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. You're not wrong in your feelings, man. Because there's a famous story with Hitchcock where uh, where he put where he featured featured a film that had a, a, a dog that got exploded. I forget. I don't. It's either 39 Steps what? or Sabotage. But anyway, long story short, it was like it was like a kid I carried a bomb into a train and then like. The, the, and literally, he shows close up of a grandma on a train, a, 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 a dog on a train, and a bomb exploded. And this was back in like 1939 or whatever. This was when he was still making British films. And the, the film got such a big controversy, like such a hard controversy, that he shrugged down ever killing a dog ever in one of his movies again. It wasn't until like 30 years later where he even like featured a, a, a dog, another dog, like death or uh-huh. whatever. So it was so. I, I like, you're not alone in your position, Ace. Yeah. <laughs> People care about dogs and movies. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of things done in this movie industry when it comes to in 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 the in the for the good of the art, for the good of the film, for the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been on set, right? You've seen how crazy directors can you have? No, no, you know, no. Oh, okay. Well, you've been on set, obviously. You, <laughs> yeah. know, you know how crazy <laughs> some directors can get, and and they allow and they tolerate. They tolerate abuse of, of like obviously I'm talking about abuse of people as far as like yeah. how how you talk to certain people is allowed because it's for the good of the art or, and 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 that's the kind of stuff that created the Me Too movement obviously and I'm going off on a tangent, but that's the kind of stuff that people tolerate like ah, yeah, fuck it just kick yeah. the cat or just just uh, do that or whatever <laughs> like whatever it is yeah like ah it's a movie whatever it's human cockfighting whatever it's like <laughs> no you shouldn't allow that for the good of the or for the, I don't care if it's like. For you're trying to make a message, like I don't give a crap. Like yeah. you took me out of the movie, bro. I'm like assassinating. I mean, I, I, cu- I couldn't. I, I I tried to get real yeah. back in, and I was like, "You're doing it with Rachel Wise. You're really back in." But I just could never. I couldn't forgive him. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Hey man, that 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 poor cat and dog tooth. The poor dog in this movie. Uh, poor yeah. chickens and the lobster. And, yeah. and, and I'm sorry. And, and the favorite. Yeah. Well, hey, they man, were gonna be. Yeah. They yeah. had to talk him out of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, man, I, there's been a lot of movies that, that have, have some fucked up shit in it. I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like it's, you know, I mean, I don't know if And it, again, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I like that yeah. stuff. But, but I, when it's to When it's the humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's a homie getting beaten or something, I'm like, cool. <laughs> but when it's an animal, I'm like, oh. What about what about when Rocky and, and uh, you know, Apollo Creed are punching each other for real, like when the hits are real? 
Do you think that you think that's crossing the line? No, no, that's fine. It's, it's for the good of the poking film. at each other. Nah, I feel you, Matt. I mean, that's that's some, that's some hardcore stuff. If he, if he, yeah, maybe it's just because I, I really am like an animal person. Yeah, so. yeah. If he's abusing animals, yeah, that's that's that's, that's a bad thing. But yeah. definitely don't abuse animals. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, I went off no, on that tangent. Nah, I feel it, man. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, abusing animals is the whole title of his next film, uh, Killing of a Sacred <laughs> really? Deer. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which actually have no deers in it, but unfortunately, but it's. Uh, I don't think this one has any. No, it doesn't. No, there's no animal okay. abuse. It's just human, human story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, psychologically. Let's move on. I'm sorry, guys. I ruined the lobster conversation. Uh, <laughs> nah, I mean, did you I'm, have any thoughts on the lobster, Alex? Uh, oh yeah, no. Besides that, I loved it. One, um, <laughs> the cast is amazing. Yeah. I mean, Leia Seydoux. Um, oh yeah, that French, oh, the beautiful. French girl yeah. who's like beautiful. she was in Overlord. She was in, yeah, uh, um, and and of course, Spectre. Blue, blue, is, blue is the warmest color. Yeah. Was she That's a Spectre right. or a Sky? She was a Spectre. Spectre, That's yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Ariane Labed, who is actually Yorgos's wife. Wow. Who was in, she was the Which gymnast in she? Alps. Uh, she is the maid. Oh, no way. Yeah. What? That's and his wife? You saw Assassin's Creed, right? <laughs> See, that makes me like him. Even, ah, I'm judging so hard. <laughs> Bro, I'm sorry, ah. Yogos. I'm judging. Jad Apatow plays Leslie Mann and everything. Uh, I'm no, I'm, I'm not judging him because of that. I'm judging him because it's like, yeah. how does yeah. this guy get with that know, French right? maid? Ah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. There's um, something fishy going on yeah, there. Yeah, she was also in uh, Assassin's Creed. She was oh, the main, she main girl. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, nice. nice, uh, nice. Yeah, of course, Ben Wishaw, Paddington himself. John C. Um, John C. Right. John yeah, C. Riley. Yeah, Ben I love. Yeah. I, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, he's in this movie. He's great." Yeah, isn't he like a director Q? Too? He's Q from Spectre. He's also yeah. in uh, all the Bond. Films. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Paddington. Yeah. Olivia oh, Coleman is in Coleman. Movie. Uh, oh yeah, one of my favorite scenes was, or just like favorite uh, Ben Wishaw. That's one of my favorite characters, just because mm. he like um, chose to you know torture himself yeah. to be like For, to be just with those bleed girl. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, Angeliki Papulia, the heartless woman. Oh yeah, the one that she Colin Farrell. She's she's the one that looks like Ashley Victoria Robinson. The one uh, ah. she was the main the lead in Dogtooth and Alps. Uh-huh. But where's um, she where's she from? She's Greek. Greek. Yeah. I was trying to figure yeah. out that accent. I was like, I yeah. can't figure it out because I'm usually she's pretty great. good with accents. She's so good in those two. Yeah, that's the one thing that really does stand out in this movie. And you're right, the, the performances are incredible. Rachel Wise is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell's amazing yeah. in this movie. The French girl, I forgot her name already, yeah. but she's great. <laughs> no um, characters, no characters have yeah. names in this movie. Which the first, is very yeah, Dogtooth, Alps, and Lobster. No, only only Colin Farrell has the first name. And John C. Mm. Riley in the credits. Great. Uh, in we the credits, forgot to mention John C. Riley. Blissing man. <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, that's so funny. There's a lot of funny moments in this yeah, movie. I kind of yeah. want you to name a few of them. Um, shoot, let me see. Um, I wrote a few down. I'll, I'll try to <laughs> try to start it out. Uh, what was the funny? Oh yeah. The, it was funny, but it's also weird as hell. Was the scene where she, where the maid just like rubs up on oh, Colin yeah, Farrell, yeah. and he's like, "Mandatory, stop, stop. I can't, <laughs> I can't stop it, stop it." And then she walks away, and he's like, "That's so cruel, <laughs> so cruel." And I was just the thought of like turning you on and then leaving you hanging yeah. <laughs> is like the cruelest thing to him. <laughs> um, I love the uh, when they're uh, the the don't eat alone, all right? Because like or. Here's a guy eating alone, and then he chokes, and no one's there to help him. And then, oh, here's him eating with someone. 
with a loved one. <laughs> and then the main point of it is, oh, she can just help him uh, give the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> and and then, it looks like, like some like, yeah. sexual shit. <laughs> and then don't walk around alone. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty just funny. Just the examples. It's just so awkward, but I loved it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was funny. I, 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 dug the, I dug that one lady who... Uh, who, who was like that older older lady who was like, can I come in? I'll give you a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. I don't have any problem with anal. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, this lady. That's sad, sings. dude. But, but uh, I think they were implying that like she had a husband who like either left her or died or whatever, and she had to go back. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. her second go around in that in that in that prison. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's messed up. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of funny. Mo- I mean, see, the dancing in the woods was funny. Oh yeah. Um, it just silent disco. Yeah, that's that's. There is another one where uh, Colin Farrell's in the woods and he's like, like uh, checking out uh, Rachel Wise from uh, from afar, and mm. some other girl is trying to like talk to him, and he's like, "Oh, I left batteries next to that tree, and I don't want to lose them." And so he just leaves the conversation. It's just like, yeah. "Why would you need batteries in the forest?" Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and they set it up Super beforehand with him being like, he, he thinks himself as being very good of, of getting out of situations. With yeah. Excuses. <laughs> he's like, he thought he was very good at making excuses. What a good excuse! <laughs> and it's like, there's batteries over there. That's oh, like his man. excuse. Um, yeah, the, the movie is definitely quirky and funny, and obviously uh, John C. Riley is funny in this movie, and every interaction with him is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fun dark dark humor moments. Obviously, it's a, it's obviously when he's trying to hook up with the heartless, the evil girl, mm-hmm. and he kicks the little girl. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> trying to prove that he's evil. That he's, uh, yeah. um, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> now we can move on to Killing of a Sacred Deer, also starring uh, starring Colin Farrell, and yeah. this is a, uh, also a movie walks. that got a lot of. A lot of love, especially from you, RB3. Yeah, you, you yeah. really like really? this movie. I really think this movie's pretty dope, man. Yeah. This movie is a really, a really great thriller. Uh, uh, it's not as much on the comedic side, you know, which I appreciate. What well, I, I think there is comedy in it, though. I think there are like the 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 main the the the, the main dude himself, Martin. I think he's a pretty funny, pretty funny like psychopathic character. Is he funny? Cause he, I don't want to say it, but not because he looks funny. funny. <laughs> oh, like he Jesus. makes no, but he makes like funny faces. Yeah, he does make funny I'm faces. Saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really, I really dig this movie. It's probably my favorite out of his filmography. Hmm. Yeah, I remember not liking this one as much. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, we, we already off to. I a, think it was just because <laughs> it wasn't as like comedic as, yeah, right, the firm, right. as the lobster mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I just wasn't as into it and it was just too weird for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't buy a lot of the characters or just I didn't really care to mm-hmm. um, to f- uh, f- really f- follow them mm-hmm. and um, just the ending scene of or the climax where he's spinning around mm-hmm. that just felt like torture <laughs> like I love scenes that like movies that can make me feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. but that just felt like too uncomfortable and just yeah. like I, I didn't like being watching right. it. Right. You know. Yeah, that's I mean I think that's what the movie goes for is like yeah. the max uncomfortable exactly yeah. feel. Yeah. It's almost movie. like maybe again, maybe it's because I'm the most pessimistic on, on Eurogos, but it's almost like I don't know. I, I I tried figuring out like and I'm again I like dark movies. I really mm-hmm. do like movies that make you feel like shit. Like I love that. <laughs> I, it's one of it's uh, that's why I love Hereditary so much this yeah. year. Mm. Um, they're eight two four. These are all eight two four. Yeah, I yeah. love those kind of movies. But I really did feel like man, it's it's not even like it's not even uncomfortable to make a point. It just feels like I don't know that. Yeah. I felt that it's the same like, way with Killing of a City. And I also mm-hmm. felt that with like. Like I get it, you're it's it's funny because it's so dark, but it's like 
I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't didn't enjoy the journey getting when to it comes them. to mm. when it comes to film. I was thinking about this on a general scale as far as film criticism and liking a movie and enjoying a movie and those terms that are being thrown around when it comes to rating movies and grading movies and all this stuff. And, and I was like, do I even like any of his movies? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think I do. I don't think I like huh. any of his movies. Amy, I think they're the all, I the think point. they're 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 <laughs> really well done on a technical mm-hmm. scale. I think they're really well done on a writing scale but I don't like any of them yeah. I think they're all just kind of eh. I mean it's just me I, mean, I think that's the point that is, man. you're I, like bro that's just you bro I mean, shut no, up no, well, I think that's the point is to make you feel uncomfortable make yeah. you feel like you're yeah, squirming but isn't I mean, it like, so is her, that the point of Hereditary is like very dark ending and it makes you feel yeah, like I mean, but it's a horror like, movie that's a horror movie yeah. this is a thriller well, yeah. I'd say it's kind of creeping it into horror, horror territory. Yeah. But it's I mean, just like with Hereditary, I loved getting to the end and like I, I was 100% with it. It's just that it lost me a few times and I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. No, I, I feel like this movie, I feel like this movie goes for a very different thing. I, yeah. I feel like, because I feel like, I mean, I feel like Hereditary, and I think a lot of more disturbing movies always have like the supernatural element, always have like a super, sure. you know, have a flat, you know, have moments of like flashy effects or like flashy moments of horror. This one does. Uh, this one, I think. This one leans. I, I call it more of a thriller because there isn't really anything like su- like spiritual or mm-hmm. or you know kind of. I think it's just more of an in house kind of kind of thriller that that depicts a very. I mean, it's based on the thing is the base the the, the title of the movie is ba- the, the killing of a sacred deer is based on a famous uh, you know story. I think it's Levi. I don't know. If, it's not Leviathan, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very if, famous Iphigenia at yeah, Aulis? I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I think the whole point of that story is, uh, if I'm not if I'm not getting this wrong, I don't know if I'm getting it wrong or not. But I think yeah. the whole point of the story is like somebody getting uh, getting like karma acted back on them for uh, unjustly or for mm-hmm. accidentally killing somebody. And in order to uh, like relieve yourself of that sin, they have to kill a sacred deer. And that's kind of the decision that Con Farrah has to make at the, at the end. And I feel like, I feel like this movie, like less, less, Less because I don't know, maybe 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 it's just because like I guess the style really appealed to me. Yeah. I think the the way this movie is shot is a lot more dynamic than a lot of other Yargos's mm-hmm. films. Like he's I usually very like staccatic, like very stationary camera kind mm-hmm. of thing. Whereas this movie is is uh, th- there's a lot of zooms, there's a lot of there's a lot of pans, there's a lot of dolly s type shots. And I think it's very visually beautiful, and I think it uses it uses its amplification of its beauty to kind of. Uh, Kind of as an extended metaphor for the ugliness that's really behind this entire story, right. you know. Um, I think that's kind of the whole theme of. I think, at least for me, at least how I read this movie, and I think I read it just from the opening when he's, you know, doing the open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a movie about how the outside can be can look totally fine and be totally fine and be uh, perfect and pristine, but then the inside could be really dark and evil and rooted. I think the movie kind of embodies that a little bit. So I just, that's why I, that's for me, that's why I mm-hmm. like the idea of me feeling uncomfortable. That's why I like the idea of me like not like having to kind of stay in it because once, you know, it's kind of like it, it's, it's portraying how, how we put on this act to kind of hide ourselves, hide, hide the truth behind ourselves instead of just being truthful from the beginning and how that could, Lead to something more beneficial. Right. Um, the whole idea in this movie is that Colin Farrell did surgery on the kid's dad, the kid's Martin's dad, and uh, accidentally killed him. But he doesn't want to take responsibility for it. He doesn't want to be honest about it. And in in that in that the movie 
the movie in the, in and of itself is almost like being dishonest to the to the audience. Like it it very much manipulates you to kind of deter you in every way possible. I feel like so mm-hmm. that's why I feel, that's why I like it. It, it kind of brings me to a, a kind of a slightly, and I don't want to veer too off, but a general conversation as far as these kind of movies, these mm-hmm. movies that are a little bit oddball movies, kind of off center movies. Um, do how do you? I don't know, man. Like, if someone, if, if your mom is like, yo, is this a good movie? What would you say? <laughs> well, my mom would definitely not like this. Yeah, no, but if, if your mom asks you, it's like, is this a good movie? Um, I would, see what I'm I would say like, it's a good movie, but she, I, don't, I, don't, I, I literally can tell her to, I'm t- my mom only like likes what? two kinds of movies, romantic comedies and well, if a stranger, let, Let's say <laughs> a stranger off the street says, oh, what do you think of Killing of a Sacred Deer? Is that a good movie? Uh, I'll say yeah. I'll say yeah. Because for me, it's so it's so difficult for me to to quantify and qualify quality based off what you said. Good camera work, great great storytelling, and good message. But if if all those three things are there, but it's still not an enjoyable film. It's still like if the message is clear and if the message you get what they're trying to say. Does that really make it a good movie? And you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to get at. Uh, I, but it's everyone's yeah. like, it's an analogy. It's yeah. it's a metaphor for this huge block. And I, I get that. I get that it's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. But it's still, I still didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's still not enjoyable in any sense. Uh, even from a point of view as far as like making you feel certain things. Like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like there's such a disconnect between these, these kind of movies that are like uh, supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and and just because it does, does that make it good? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, you made me uncomfortable. Oh, great. I mean, is that is that it? Because I can, you can make see that in any other movie. You could see that from terrible filmmakers. But just because he's a good filmmaker, it's oh, it's good. Well, yeah. I mean, well, to me, to me, I, I put it as uh, what what is the filmmaker's intent, and did they execute on that intent? very well you know mm. and for me at least this movie is intended to be uncomfortable and it does uncomfortable very very well as if something like The Room like you said the bad movie sure. it does uncomfortable but, but it's not trying room, to be uncomfortable yeah right? but, if, <laughs> but if The Room is shot well directed well acted well it'd be a completely but different I'm sure, movie I'm sure but, but this movie yeah. the, the core themes of the movie and the core structure of a movie mm. it, it is the odd thing out but it's shot well directed well acted well like all those three elements that are in, in any good movie are there but just the core structure, themes, everything else in the movie is just makes you feel uncomfortable. Does that make it good? I, I don't know. That's just my personal take as far as like, whoa, it made me right. feel very odd and, and ugh. So that means it was great. I was like, ugh. What do you think, Alex? Did you, have you guys seen Climax? I haven't, I haven't man. Haven't. I'm okay. so excited to see that. Yeah, because that, well, that's probably a good example yeah, of like. Of just how that. It's a whole pretty much straight hour of just uncomfortability, but yeah, like I just love like what was happening and how mm-hmm. it made me feel. It was enjoyable to because we had the connection to those characters mm-hmm. um, that I cared to um, feel that uncomfortability and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this one, I I just didn't care for the family, mm-hmm. but uh, the daughter's such for, a brat. The daughter's a total yeah, brat. Yeah, um, but just in general, like. I think it's yeah. Are you? How well is the film built through its characters? And do I care for them? That's basically what. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what makes an uncomfortable film like that for me good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I, this is again. I'm going off on a tangent, but once again, I, I still find this disconnect when it comes to art, and and this uh, when it comes to general movie going audiences and, and and this kind of LA world that we mm-hmm. live in, filled with film critics 
who consider who who are telling you what's good and what isn't and and sometimes the art is is made to disturb it's made to feel like we said uncomfortable is a word we keep using um or it's made to make you think about a certain thing and sometimes i feel like there's this disconnect between what is good and what is bad between the communication of critics and audiences as far as like this, this is so amazing it's beautiful and then the general movie going audience goes and they're like that was trash that was shit like what was the point yeah. of that because yeah. because i feel like is that on critics or is that on audiences i think it's on critics because really? I, I yeah i really do because i feel like certain critics are just so fascinated by the high art and the, the very snobby kind of attitude of as far as telling you like oh then you just didn't get it it's like mm, I got it. It was just shit. <laughs> I just feel like there's a disconnect. That's all I'm saying. And I feel like critics and and LA people like us, like cinephiles, are like very easily kind of brush off the general movie going audience is like, oh, you just don't mm-hmm. like trust me. It's great. You just don't get it. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm one of those people. To be honest, I'm very much like I like weird movies and quirky movies. And I always tell like my family, like, oh, you guys don't get it. It's amazing. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I find myself going like, maybe I am <laughs> getting too, too like snobby and, and not realizing like, maybe this isn't as great as I think it is. And just because it's shot amazing and the acting's amazing, like the favorite, again, I told you the favorite, like my mom is like, how's the favorite? And I'm like, yo, acting baller, costumes, baller, directing baller. The movie didn't like it. Didn't care for it. You you felt the same way about the favorite, but yeah, initially, I mean, I I I. But you see what I'm saying? But yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to. No, I, I actually, apologize no, to you actually, guys because no, I, I turned this into no, no, it's, it's, it's our podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, it's actually a really interesting conversation because I know because we were saying I'd be more offended if you're like if I know you didn't like like high art if you didn't yeah. like if you didn't like good movies you know yeah I'd be more offended like what are you talking about but I know you I know what you mean mm-hmm. um, I definitely think it I definitely think there is. I'll say this, like, I think box office is what reflects generally what a general audience will like mm. to some extent. I mean, obviously, marketing plays a big hand to it. Release dates, all that stuff plays a big hand into it. Um, but generally speaking, the box office is the reward for what the general movie public is, mm-hmm. you know, vibing with. But I feel like the critical esteem is, you know, I, I feel like we there's you're going to need that. There's In order to have a, a good film industry that... You know, has a thriving you know base for artistic ownership. I think I think you do kind of need you need a little bit of the critics to have the the more refined palette. Yeah, I is mean, is it even a refined palette though? Well, that, that's I think just... so. I think so. Because uh, uh, for for me at least, I think a lot of film critics watch way more movies than the average movie going sure. person would would normally see. And I think you know a lot of a lot of the great film critics obviously have a great uh, knowledge of film throughout time throughout the 70 you know throughout all of all of film all of film and have a much more broad world sense about film too so it's a lot more accepting i feel like people i feel like if if, if that's why i ask is it is it more on the audience if, if an audience isn't familiar with the kind of style of greek filmmaking the kind of style of you know per se like french noir or italian neorealism or all these like older schools of filmmaking that these filmmakers are incorporating here then it's going to be less appealing because they just don't know they don't have any any palette for it yeah if you if you try something let's say this if you try something for the very first time that is uh i don't know let's say it's not sweet it's not salt it's not salty but it's blue per se like just for example just a different taste altogether, mm-hmm. and then 
you, that hits your tongue for the first time, you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. You're just not, you know? But if you keep consuming more of it, eventually I think you'll 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 be more uh, on board with it. But I don't know if that's the case or not. I, I mean, that's why I feel like critics are an essential part of the equation when it comes to film. But I don't know. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, like, I think, yeah, critics get the word about these smaller movies out there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have known about Climax if uh, I didn't hear from uh, critics. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's just, yeah, critics, um, I think if they're not, well, sorry, audiences don't, uh, like, agree with critics all the time. I don't agree with, like, Rotten Tomatoes, but if you look at the critics and, like, spot a critic that likes the same movies you do and, like, can find a better track record, right? and uh, then you'll have a better opinion. Um, Guy. Better knowledge of mm-hmm. uh, what movies you should watch because that critic has the same kind of taste as you, and I think if like general audiences can sort of do that, then they can um, find the good in the smaller movies, find the great in the bigger movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, again, I apologize to anyone who's like, "What? Well, what is this?" <laughs> but but I just feel like there's a, there's a certain disconnect between an art house film, and just because it's an art house film, people are like, boom, good quality, yeah. amazing. It's like, is it like, believe yeah. me? Well, like, I don't I don't know about that though. Like, I mean, there's there's plenty of art house mm, films that got that gets terrible like movie reviews. Did you see the Neon Demon? I love the Neon Demon. But critics shitted on that mm. movie, man. Did they? They though? hated it. But that is the definition of an art film. Sure. What is what is the run? What is the, oh, the here's here's an here? example uh, I'm gonna get into. A24. Yeah. A24 is my favorite movie studio yeah. right now. Yeah. As much sure. as I as much as I love MCU, as much as I love all the big franchise films, I I A24. I will see yeah. every single A24 movie, and mm-hmm. I will most likely like every A24 movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm trying to you know let the audience know that it's this isn't just coming from like I only like Aquaman like no no right, no yeah. right, right, trust right. me A24 is my favorite what my favorite movie of of 2017 was a ghost story uh, a ghost story yeah. did you yeah. see a ghost story I did not not that see that, that that's the see what I'm, I'm saying on, I'm on, yeah. Yeah. Go- yeah opposite side are you there that's what I'm saying a ghost story is the most like art arty art house film like it's right. it, that has ten lines of dialogue. Like mm-hmm. it's an already art, yeah. right. art film, right? And I loved it. And I, yeah. but I felt like the message they were communicating was, was so particularly done, was so beautifully done, and, and that that's the word beauty. Like like I could feel it. I could yeah. feel the beauty inside the movie through the storytelling, through the making. Even if it was just an art house film that had one camera move the whole movie, and I felt it. I was like, yo, this is real. But movies like this, movies like that I'm seeing, I, again, see, watching the, I go on a Yorgos binge, and then I'm like, I come out, and I'm like, I don't know if I liked any of his movies. I don't think I feel mm-hmm. what he's trying to tell me. I get what he's trying to say about relationships and society and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, it, and it's an A24 movie. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But yeah. I don't Both of them. I don't feel like him kind of poking at the audience makes it good. Because I feel like that's what he does in Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's just poking at you. And at the lo- in the lobster, he's just poking at your head and just being like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, like is this good? Do you get it? Yeah. And I'm like, is this? I don't know. I, I apologize. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, no, that's 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 a great question. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I mean, there's definitely a line between pretentiousness 
and that's what I mean. That's yeah. Um, that's the word. That's a better word. Yeah, pretentiousness. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of pretentious movies that a lot of people just won't vibe with. But yeah, I say that I, I feel like the diversity in cinema is good. We need we need some for sure. the pretentious our house folk, and we need some for the for the popcorn loving Aquaman fans out yeah. there. You know, so. but it's, this kind of takes me to his his most recent movie, The Favorite, a movie that we yeah. both agreed that we didn't like. Yeah. We that didn't one pull, that, pull, that one pulls more towards the accessible side, definitely one hundred percent. It does, but we like do uh, we didn't care for the movie. Like yeah. we both agreed that it's like mm, it's kind of overhyped in my opinion. That was just my opinion. But again, if someone like my mom asked me, I'm gonna be like, Yo, mom, Emma Stone was fire. Freaking Nicholas Holt was like dropping dimes. Yeah, see, like what, what these you, guys I killed. How good he was. But it, does that make it a good? I say no. I say well, just because mm-hmm. the Rachel Wise was giving an Oscar-winning performance, and I was like, "Yo, that's clutch." Does that mean it's a good? No, no. Just because it's oh, it's shot really yeah. well. Sure. Oh, it's the costume design's amazing. Absolutely. Still not a good movie. I mean. Yeah, but I wouldn't be opposed to like winning awards for the hundred for doing. acting a hundred percent. I I said I would Rachel Wise should have won. Picture over fucking half of the other nominees. Sure, that yeah. nominated, I, you know I, I mean? like, sure. Why not? But yeah. but for me, it's like when it comes to the individual standard awards. As far as like, you want to nominate it for cinematography for acting. Great, that's they excelled in those areas. But as far as like an overall film. What did you think of this film? I Alex? liked it a lot. Yeah, I was like, damn it. <laughs> get out of here, man. I, no, this <laughs> I, I what what is it that you liked about it? Um again, it's funny. Like yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's more of a comedy. I, back this to is comedy. back to, yeah. the first hour of Going the movie. Going back to comedy. Killed me. I was then, laughing so hard. Nicholas Holt, man. Yeah. <laughs> Every scene he was in Killing. was amazing. I saw it back in November and then I rewatched it again today. Mm-hmm. And I just forgot how freaking good he is in it. Mm-hmm. Just how funny. Um mm-hmm. And I just really liked um, just the whole theme of power and just like how not not men are um, how they're wielding it, how mm-hmm. these women are wielding their power uh, just for the love of their country or for the love of power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel That's like. My, but, yeah. but do you feel that is that what makes it a good movie because it's women because it's a I think just because triangle, I I I enjoyed the I enjoyed the theme of like the the whole mm-hmm. theme of power and just who who like those dynamics of who has it now mm-hmm. and what's um what's going on there mm-hmm. I just thought it was really cool mm-hmm. yeah I dug it what about you yeah no nah, I mean I uh yeah I didn't I didn't really like it as much initially um but I will say though after what, after kind of uh, like re, re, re looking looking at some of Yarkos's other films and re looking at his filmography, I could kind of see clearer what the film was going for, mm. and um, and I, I I I think I dug it a little. I mean, I, I I dug the idea of it a little more. I have to watch it again to like really see what I feel. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel like this movie this movie has some interesting stuff in it. You know, overall, I I uh, I really enjoy the like you said the idea of power, the idea of power wielding. I think this movie is also another movie about sexuality, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's very much in the vein of Yargos's other films, um, which I think, which is why I think this movie fits pretty perfectly into his filmography. Honestly, um, I my biggest my biggest thing with the movie ever since I saw it has always been the cinematography. Particularly like the short, the short angle yeah. they use a lot through this it, movie. It, it, yeah, it, it took me out yeah. when he first did the fisheye. Yeah, I was like, "What is this?" Well, even even shots that aren't on fisheye, like even the shots that look normal, you can very clearly tell it's like a thirty-five or a twenty mm-hmm. or a twenty-two or something like that. Like some very short, and you know, I usually filmmakers use that 
to get a more personal, to make the, the camera feel more personal so it's a lot closer to the performer so you feel a lot closer to it. Um, I, I, I think that usually works. You know, it usually works in a lot of broad comedies. Uh, this movie does it in a very interesting way. I was like, oh, this is it's interesting. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it was saying if it wanted us to be more personal with these characters. I didn't really get what it was saying. I still don't really get what it's trying to say. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's an interesting stylistic choice, um, which is which is funny as opposed to something like Dogtooth. I read Dogtooth was shot all on like a the same fifty millimeter lens throughout the entire film. Mm -hmm. So it had the very like naturalistic kind of look to it, but this movie feels very exaggerated. It feels very like in your face, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. And and I think a lot of what people forget about this movie is how incredibly political it is. I love that. I love that Nicholas Holt was really like he's a, a, a kind of an asshole in this movie mm -hmm. and ki kind of the villain. But at the same time, you're like, wait a minute. His goal is to stop the war. To give the, the the what what are they the peasants more opportunities? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, he's fighting for all the right things, mm -hmm. but he's the dick, he's the asshole, he's kind of the yeah. villain. And he's like, no, let's stop the war, let's stop throwing, killing our men, and, and make peace with the peasants and give them more food. And, and I was like, yo, everything he's saying is right. I, I just thought that was incredibly fascinating. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, Emma Stone is puppy eyed. Mm -hmm. um, she's super ambitious, and um, she, it seems like she's fighting for the right reasons, but then. In the end, she's the opposite. So yeah. it's, they mm -hmm. kind of mirror each other in their uh, arcs. Yeah, and let's, let's talk a little bit about the the feminism angle with this movie and the fact that you said RB3. It's very, very... You talked about power. You talked about sexuality. And I kind of like how those two things are played hand in hand as far mm -hmm. as like sexuality is power. And it can be used to control people. Um, and it can be used to, to manipulate you know, opportunities and angles and all that kind of stuff. And that plays a huge heavy hand in this movie, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's essentially, the, it's called The Favorite because it's Rachel Wise and Emma Stone trying to be the favorite of this queen who likes to hook up with both of them. Yeah. That's essentially as much as like, you can be like, it's the conversation. It's, it's the sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what the movie, I'm not saying it, it's the movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you guys think about that and how it's, like you said, three women. That's it's a it's a love triangle between three women. Mm -hmm. Or like when you said, when we talked about it, what's that movie? All About Eve. All about Eve. That's yeah, right. How that, how that movie's all about like a, a girl trying to yes. get, find her way into a social social situation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's already established. Um, yeah, I, I dug that. Yeah, I dug, I dug that. Alex. What do you, What do you think of that? Oh yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Like it's um, it makes it stand out, right? Yes, I exactly. personally feel like yeah. where it's like, oh, it's three women. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what takes a lot of it takes certain people out of the movie is the fact that it's like. It's something they've no. never seen before, I right. guess. Right. Yeah. How was your guys' theater reaction when you saw this movie? How did the theater react? My theater had reactions. I, I saw, yeah, this was uh, the first night at the Arclight, mm. at, at the Holly, Arclight Hollywood. Oh, nice. and so that, I also like, went to the Arclight, but yeah. I went to Sherman Oaks. Okay. Yeah, those are, like, Arclights are for, like, the people who love movies. And, yeah. Like, um, and especially the Hollywood ones on the opening night, mm -hmm. then those are, like, the real lovers. And so we were just reacting to everything, just loving every single moment of it. It's great to be in that environment. Yeah. With those those people who love these kinds of movies that you do, these weird-ass movies. Yeah. I love um, it. I mean, that's why, I mean, obviously, RB3 knows mm -hmm. th throughout his years of knowing me, I, I'm almost Arclight exclusive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm almost yeah. Arc And it's, it's a, again, I'm going back these? to, like, the yeah. snobby, I'm the, I'm that guy. I'm the <laughs> Bro, snobby uh, Arclight guy. It was the worst in uh, Alita with this dude because every, like, oh, Lita, yeah. there's 30 minutes of trailers before Alita. And every trailer, he was like, 
Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, <laughs> I legit you saw get mad. Yeah, I get yeah, we saw the AMC. Because I got the A-list because I got to yeah, yeah. save, you know. Yeah. I legit, and I t- every time I go see movies with my family, I'm pissed because I'm like, <laughs> how are we paying for 45 minutes of trailers? <laughs> And, and that's why everyone's like, oh, Arclight is so expensive. I will pay those yeah. five extra dollars yep. for 45 <laughs> less minutes of trailers. They do three Getting trailers. That's it. Yeah. If yeah. Popcorn is great. Yes. Popcorn I'm, is nice at Arclight. I'm an Arclight like, snob, and I know that I'm a cinephile, Arclight, yeah. like movies only. That's why I'm, I'm also like the Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I'm like anti-Netflix, bro. Like, I'm so... Like, trust me, I'm the kind of guy who's very yeah. much like on that side of the fence as far as like theater-going experience. And oh, yeah, It definitely. must be preserved. Her, I, that's me. I want it to be preserved. Her Arclight going to get there on Movie Pass, though. Hey, dude, they I'll, are? I'll be in it. I'll do it. That's the only one I'll pay for. Something like that? Because I haven't paid I'm for the super AMC down, one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I totally I get, get what you're yeah. saying, that they know what they're expecting. I, we saw Sorry to Bother You with you. Yeah. And we saw it at the Hollywood yeah. Arc, like, which, which was another experience. That was crazy, yeah. But again, I brought up... That's certain, right, you were there, yeah. Yeah. I brought up certain... It was I, super hot. That was like one of the hottest days. It yeah, was. It was. <laughs> I brought up certain I, I, conversations with you guys about the irony of like oh, yeah. seeing this very like pro-black Privilege. art film. Mm. With a bunch, of, dude. It was like an all white audience. It was all white. Yeah, it was yeah. an, like I told you, I was like, bro, this is all like an all white audience. I saw like two black dudes. Have you been to the like landmark? Three hundred people. Oh yeah, landmark. Landmark. Yo, worse. literally, I literally, <laughs> I, I was at the landmark one time getting a ticket, and then uh, a random white lady, like she was drunk out of her ass. Like she, had, she just walks up to me, like as I'm getting the ticket, he's like, oh, Mister, uh, you know, I heard all these great stories about all these African kings and what? Egyptian warriors, and I'm like, yo. What? Are you talking? And like, I was mystified. I stood there for like five minutes listening to it. But this brings me up, like, that brought me to that point where it's like the irony. I told you that freaking Boots Riley is making this, but but is it even for black people? Are black people even going to go watch this film? When you ask, when you uh, do a demographic search of Sorry to Bother You and you see it, how many of them are black dudes and how many of them are white dudes? It's like 90% white people who recommend Sorry to Bother You. Oh, you should check out Sorry to Bother You. It's amazing. Who says that? White dudes. I don't know. I just think it's dudes, incredible yeah. how like Boots Riley is, is this big pro black, big pro th- that kind of aspect and the irony that we're seeing it in an exclusive movie theater, ArcLight Hollywood, mm-hmm. with a very snobby crowd, yeah. snobby wor- snobby location, snobby white dudes loving this black movie, being like, oh my god, I love it. It's black, and it's just like, well, they love it because the, the horses have giant dicks. Yeah, um, yeah. that was crazy. So that's see, that's another. See, that's the flip side. I think of what you're saying earlier. Of like, can you recommend a movie? But that's that's, that's yeah. a movie I had a hard time recommending because I too. love I love recommending. Yeah, it yeah. took me. I told yeah. you I was like I again. I will always say Sorry to Bother You was my favorite movie of the year. The first half of the movie was my favorite movie of the year. I was yeah. like, this movie's incredible. It's my favorite yeah. movie of the year. Yeah. As soon as they do that twist, I was like, I'm good. Peace. Yeah. I'm out. That's what I was going to say. Like, I would yeah. love to, I would love for like all, I would love for my, this is an example for my mom. I would love for my mom to see this pro black, pro union movie about black people rising up. And then the horses and come. The like, okay, yeah. she's definitely not going to like this yeah. movie. I, I, don't know. <laughs> I really do feel, like and I know we're joking about it, but I do feel like there is a disconnect when it comes to these type of movies. Like, I started to bother you, like a, like a lobster or these kind of movies that are really kind of they're showing you a message and you get the message but they're doing it in such an off-putting way <laughs> that it, it just I don't, I, I, know, plot, I don't know if it succeeds in being a good movie that, yeah, that's I, I my plot the, I plot the bravery thing. though I, I, I plot, plot the, the bravery 100% of, of, of all these movies but for me it's always like 
is this good? Like, I, I get what you're trying to say, but mm-hmm. does that make it good, though? Right. Like, yeah. I feel like that meme of, of the guy looking at the butterfly, and he's like, is this is good? <laughs> is this art? And it's, it's just these type of, like, art house movies. And yeah. I don't know, man. I like, I, like, I like it, though. I think I think that's what we need in cinema. We need to have uh, the brave voices who yeah. go out and, and again, make real choices. And the favorite's a weird choice. The favorite is a lot of weird choices with the it monies, is. with... With this, with, with the three women being the leads, even yeah. that's a bold choice. Yeah, no, and um, I, absolutely, I think this movie, this movie, like I said, it's a little more accessible. It has it, it shows a more optimistic view of romance. I think, at least as compared to other Largos's movies, like <laughs> a lot of his other movies are very much like uh, a you know a not, not asexual, but very like they they portray sex in a very like mm-hmm. in a very like. I I don't know how 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 to describe it like in a very like static way in a very like mono way like it doesn't have any personality to any of the sex scenes where this this movie has a little more livelihood to it. This movie also has uh, a much bigger budget than the rest of his films. Mm, definitely, um, you saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I I read it was mostly natural lighting that they used. Uh, <laughs> so I think that that probably helped out a lot. I don't know if they did they shoot this on film or on digital. Probably on digital, but yeah, very interesting stuff. I mean. I applaud the movie for what it was doing. I just I can vibe with it. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I it's very clearly a great movie. Um, there's very clearly a lot of great things in it. Uh, I just didn't like it like it as much initially. But after watching something like Dog Tooth and after re looking at Lobster and Killing Me with Sacred Deer, I think this movie does have a lot to say uh, about what Yargos represents as a filmmaker. So I appreciate it on that level. Sure. Yeah. And and, and again, you get ten Oscar nominations. One win. One win. Yeah. Should have won over Green Book. Yeah. Should have um, won over Green Book. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, Yorgos is definitely a bold. Should have won best film editing. Should have won best film editing over mm-hmm. Green Book. Uh, what won film editing? Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, oh def- this is definitely a better edited film than that. I mean, goodness yeah. gracious. I, I, I put what's it called? That Vice. I put Vice as my. Oh, Vice for editing? Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah. Any, any yeah. last words, yeah. last thoughts on Yorgos or the um, favorite? I was looking at what he's got next, and mm. it's this movie called Pop 1280. Oh, my God. Um, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to look. 1280. Yeah. Sheriff Nick Corey spends most of his time eating, sleeping, and avoiding trouble. But when Nick is pushed, he begins to kill and convince others to do his killings for him. Cool. Yay. I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Is this coming out tomorrow? Let's say, do is it. this Western or? It comes out February 2019. Gotta be a Western. A year 2020? Yeah. 2019. Uh, That's last wait, month. Wait, what? No. <laughs> uh, it says updated 2019. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's still in pre production. It might not come until like 2021, 2022. It's probably gonna be an Oscar player next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, 2020. man. I, uh, Fox Searchlight did a great job marketing the favorite. Oh, definitely. Got an Oscar attention. The Lobster, a lot of people thought should have. Got a lot more recognition than it did. It got, got a, a screenplay nomination. Yeah. It's a twenty four. Yes, a two four. Yeah, they yeah. did. They did a good job on that. But uh, we'll I, see. Yeah, we, you know what we got to do. I mean, maybe we'll have you back on because you're an a twenty four guy. Yeah, we got to do like an a twenty four ranking, bro. Ooh. Yeah, it's wow. tough. I saw some people doing that on Twitter. And oh yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's tough. Because I again, I got so many God. movies, man. Oh um, yeah, geez, so, holy crap. Uh, Green Room, uh, oh. Free Fire, Hereditary, um, Disaster, Disaster Artist, Artist Enemy, Enemy. I just saw Gloria Bell this weekend. Uh, Florida Project, Gloria Bell, Lady Gloria Bird. Bell. Oh, with uh, Julianne oh, Moore. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Oh, Room. Moonlight. First Reformed. Yeah, is there twenty four? Um, Under the Skin. Uh, That's a good one. A Ghost Grand Story. 
Uh, Ex Machina is a 24. Yeah. Uh, Hereditary, obviously. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Good time. We saw, did we see Good Time together? Nah, I think good I saw, time. I I think saw, saw Good Time. Oh, no. I, saw I, did, saw, I did see it. Good though. movie. Uh, Swiss Army Man. Moonlight. Swiss Army Man's dope. Moonlight, moonlight. We gotta oh. do. We gotta do something, yeah. man. With a twenty-four. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, thank you awesome. for, I'm so happy for supporting your boy. Woo. Thank you for coming yeah. in. You coming in swinging with the sword. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, hopefully, I wasn't too mean <laughs> to, to Mr. Yorgos Latimos. Um, anyways, guys, let us know in the comments down below. What do you think of Yorgos? What do you think of this conversation? Uh, go to First Cut, the YouTube channel. It's the yes. best way to communicate with us and let us know your thoughts and feelings about us. And, man, Alex, I really do appreciate you coming in for real, man. I've always wanted to have you on, and I really do feel like what I said in the beginning is true as far as, like, hey, man, yeah. you're on Collider Live, but you got to be on the mic more, yeah. man. Yeah. you got to speak up. Uh, yeah, just a, I get a little bit flustered, a little bit nervous yeah, back no there, worries. but... Hey, no this is uh, this is a big step forward, and uh, and thank you for letting me get that opportunity. All good, man. <laughs> uh, RB3, any last words? Uh, no last words for me, except yes, definitely check out First Cut. Um, and we did a great Captain Marvel spoiler in depth review. Uh, that's on the channel. That's uh, really great. Uh, we dive into everything, the nitty gritty. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good stuff. Check it out on First Cut, our YouTube channel. Thank you guys for so much for tuning in. For the Meaning of Podcast, I am Ace. We are peacing out. Peace out, man.